Welcome to the Gingsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a sec and download the Gingsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Gingsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step with your journey with Jesus. And all God's people said, "Wow. Rejoice in the Lord always." Philippians 4:4. And again I say, rejoice, rejoice. Very warm welcome to you on this first Sunday of the month of May. Good to see each and every one of you as we wrap up our current teaching series on worship. I'm Pastor Dennis. I'm glad you joined us today. Two years ago, in the summer of 2021, I was making my way back from a vacation with my buddy Daryl Cress in Wyoming, and we stopped in the riverboat town of Hannibal. Missouri on the banks of the mighty Mississippi River. Can anybody tell me what famous person of American history is from that town, Hannibal, Missouri? Anybody? Yeah. Samuel Clemens. You're right, Samuel Clemens, otherwise known as Mark Twain. Here's a picture that Daryl took of me standing beside the white fence in remembrance of Mark Twain's story Tom Sawyer. It was there in the story that he convinced his friend Huckleberry Finn and Huckleberry's friends to paint the fence to do his work for him. And I I love that story. How many like that story? I like that story because I like to joke but with some seriousness to church people that's my job as a preacher is to get you to do all the work amen some of you don't like that very well yeah to delegate right to delegate and uh, so mark twain was known for his witty humor and his wise sayings here's one that's very powerful the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why So the question of the morning is do you know why? Do you know why you were born? Well, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Do you see why you were born there? Why you were called out of darkness? That you might declare the praises of him. That's why you were created. You were created to be a worshipper, a worshipper of God. And over the past now 3 weeks we have been learning what it truly means to be a worshipper. That's God's heart. That's God's desire that you might be turned into a worshipper redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So today I want to get very practical. This is a very simple message, but I hope there's some take homes. And I want to give you four ways to prepare for a worship service. Four ways to prepare for a worship. Service. You can take notes or take mental notes today. 1 2 3 4, very simple here. And the first is pray. Before you come into a corporate worship setting, pray. Pray that your heart might be receptive. Pray that your heart might be fertile for the Holy Spirit to minister to you as you come and you give the gift of worship each week. 
pray? What if we adopted a Gingsburg Church rule that before your feet hit the ground in our parking lot, you would take time to pray for the service? Actually, I encourage you to start way before you get on to the property. That when you get up out of bed, that you begin to pray that your heart might be open today. Maybe it's prayer through singing. Maybe it's singing in the shower, whatever you do. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. May you dwell here today, Lord, because I lift up my praises to you. Um, so when you come into this place, you come in, you greet people, perhaps get a cup of coffee, perhaps catch up on the latest from the week when you see a friend. But I want to encourage you that when you sit down and you're waiting, when you see that countdown on the screen, that you'll just look around and you'll maybe pray for her, pray for him, see someone over there, pray for this person or that person. Just pray that God would minister to them and touch them as they give the gift of worship today. And I really encourage some of you who are being called to do this, to begin a prayer ministry on Sunday morning. Don't wait for the pastors or staff to prompt you. You can gather your friends and like room 101 or whatever, and begin to pray just for five or 10 minutes, maybe around eight o'clock for the service and for the day. Pray for the teachers. Pray for the children that'll be coming. Pray for the students that will be in the avenue. Pray for the preacher. Pray for the band, but pray. The first way that we can prepare for worship is to pray that our hearts will be receptive. Number two, Get your mind focused. Get your mind focused. I think it's possible to come in here for an hour and do nothing but mental doodling. Because there are so many distractions in our lives. It's so easy for us, especially during this sermon, to drift off, especially when Pastor Dennis is preaching, to drift off into other things, to think, you know, what am I going to do this afternoon or what's for lunch well, it's so easy to perhaps go to Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. I noticed that several of you just put down your phones right there after I mentioned that. But it's so easy to get distracted, right? Perhaps it's you've been checking out that cute guy or that gal three rows over, whatever. But there's so many distractions here in this room, so many distractions in any worship service. Evangelist D.L. Moody once said this, Satan doesn't care what we worship as long as we don't worship God. And so Satan will get our mind focused on many different things instead of the reason that we're here. Let's read together Psalm 103, 1 and 2. Let's read it all together from the screen. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Let's praise God in this worship setting. And one way we do it is to not to forget God's benefits, God's blessings, God's work on the cross for us. Keep our mind focused on the things of God and worship. And of course, that motivates us to praise when we remember the cross, when we contemplate God's love for us, when we consider the cross, we realize 
God's great love and grace and salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, the Bible says, but to be saved. And when I consider that, when I remember that, it makes me want to praise God even more. So come in here and get your mind focused. Number three, diagnose whether or not you're experiencing any worship viruses in your life. Let me give you a few. The first one is simonosis. Have you heard of simonosis? You may have it. There's a story in Luke chapter 7 about a guy named Simon who decided to have a house party for Jesus. And so he invited all of his buddies to come and friends. And while they were there together, there was a woman who came in that they called sinful. And she began to worship Jesus by washing his feet with her hair. And they stood back and they thought, doesn't Jesus know who this woman is? Look at her, how undignified she is. And they began to be very critical of her instead of being focused on their own devotion and their own love. And I don't know about you, but from time to time, I get a little simonosis too. I come into this setting, but I start looking around and I say, look how she's worshiping today. Look how she's rejoicing today. Wow. Or look at him. And I get sidetracked. I get detracted on that instead of, Lord, here I come, bringing the gift of my love and my devotion. I'm praising an audience of one today. Perhaps some of you got a little simonosis too today. Or maybe it's not simonosis, maybe it's marthaplexy. <laughs> marthaplexy is found in Luke chapter 10. There's a story of Jesus meeting with sisters Martha and Mary. I've shared this story before several times here. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's under Jesus' teaching. She's soaking it all in as a disciple. In a sense, she's worshiping. Where Martha is in the kitchen. Martha's busy, busy, busy serving. And certainly we have wonderful servants around this place who serve on a regular basis. But Jesus said in that moment, Martha, Mary has chosen the better way. And there are, are times when we have to pause. So as a leader of the staff here at Gingsburg, I say to myself, but also to them, you know, you're servants here, but also you're worshipers, and you need to worship as well. And Sunday morning is a work day for our 30-plus staff, but also it's a day of corporate worship. And so I expect and desire for you to take at least one hour in the setting like this just to be a worshiper. If we need to delegate more, if we need to learn from Mark Twain more, from Tom Sawyer more of what we need to do, then we need to do that. But all of us need to bring the gift of worship. We see people burn out all the time. How many church workers do you know who were so active at one time and then after they left their job, they no longer go to church <laughs> because they made it a workplace instead of a place where they've come as a worshiper. And so let that be a good reminder to all of us. There's a moment of serving, but there's also a moment of praise. There's a moment to be Martha, but there's also 
a moment to be merry. Maybe you've got a little Martha Flexi too. Or another virus is Nazaritis. Comes from the hometown of Jesus in the lower Galilee named Nazareth. In Mark chapter 6, we see Jesus went back to his hometown into the synagogue. And the people said, oh, it's just Jesus. Just Joseph's son. Just son of a carpenter. Just Mary's son. Don't we know his sisters and his brothers? Familiar. Too familiar. And for us who've been around this place for a while, or we grew up in church, church and worship can become the familiar. Nothing really is going to happen here. We don't really expect a move of God. We've been there. We've done that. We know the drill. I remember growing up in a church, the service never changed. And so I exactly could look at my watch and say, well, it's um, 11 05, it's time now for the doxology. The sermon should be starting soon. And you could just go through the ritual very closely. And here you may say, well, we know what's going to happen at Gingsburg. You have three or four songs. Preacher gets up and preaches too long. If Dennis is on the docket, it may go too long. But then we'll maybe sing a song. Maybe we won't get an announcement. Shake hands. Go home. Never really expecting a miracle because we're familiar that's why we try to get creative around this place. That's why we, we try to do different things at different times because we don't want you to, to fall into the same old, same old. Today, we're going to be singing at the end. We're going to end with worship after communion. So the sermon is not the end today. Try to mix things up to keep us on our toes a little bit that our focus will be on the Lord. So, Nazaritis, diagnose whether or not you have any of these worship viruses. And finally, this, come with a thankful heart to encourage one another. Psalm 122, verse 1. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Another translation is, I was glad when they said unto me. Are you glad you're in worship today? Do you love to be in worship? The psalmist said, I was glad. I rejoiced. I celebrated. Because let's go to church. Let's go to the house of the Lord. Let's, let's worship the Lord. What do you love? One thing I love is pizza. I love pizza. I love Donato's pizza. I love the pepperonis go all the way to the edge. I love pizza. But no greater pizza, pizza in my memory than a hole in the wall in a little town called Wilmore, south of Lexington, Kentucky, called Mama's Pizza. Mama's Pizza was down the corner of Lexington Avenue and Main Street when I was a freshman at Asbury College, just steps away from Johnson East dorm. And I loved Mama's Pizza. I was the pizza king my freshman year. You've heard of the freshman 15? That was my goal. I was living for it. I was on the college mill plan. Melissa, maybe you remember Mama's Pizza. It was only there for two years because she was a student with me at Asbury. Just a little place down there. And any time that I had a little extra money, you know what I liked about Mama's Pizza? It was greasy. It was so greasy that you could just pick it up and you could turn it towards your plate and all the cheese would just plop right down on the plate. And I loved it. But then later on, right next door, Subway came in, 
And did you know it's not on the menu, but Subway has a pizza sub. Some Subways they feature it, but others they don't. They call it a pizza sub. But actually what they do is just take Italian bread or the bread of your choice and put a little meatball sauce on it, right? Spread a little shredded mozzarella. And if they have some salami or pepperoni and put it on, toast it, call it a pizza sub. And so that came to town. Now, let's say, for instance, that I would go around and I would say, I love mama's pizza. Anytime that I can eat mama's pizza, I eat mama's pizza I love it. But then instead, I'd walk over to Subway and have the pizza sub every day. People would begin to question whether I truly loved Mama's pizza, right? Because our actions reveal our devotion. Do you see where I'm going here? Our actions reveal our devotion. If we say we love God, if we say we love to worship God, But we never do. We never come into corporate settings and and worship. Then we don't love pizza. We don't love worship. I was glad when they said unto me, Hallelujah, let us go into the house of the Lord. And so come with a thankful heart to encourage one another in this corporate setting. Well, I was glad. Friends, I want you to know that I love this hour. I told my wife on Friday, I said, I can't for some reason wait to get into worship. I wish it was Sunday morning. I love Sunday mornings. I love this hour. I love us being together. I love coming here each week on the first of the week to declare that the tomb is empty and the throne is occupied. I love us. I love the fact that we can gather here and we can stand in the face of death and say that death has been defeated and that because Christ is alive, we will live as well. Let us come with a thankful heart. We're going to celebrate the fact that Christ is alive and that Christ has given us life through his life, death, and resurrection by sharing in communion today. And communion is an act of worship. When we come forward, we come forward with grateful, repented hearts, open to God bringing all things new into our lives and receiving, in a sense, spiritually, the benefits of his work for us at Calvary. In just a minute, you're going to be invited to come. But before we do that, I want to share one other thing. I read this book this week. Someone told me about it, and so I picked it up. It's entitled, Not Quite What I Was Planning, Six Word Memoirs. It was based upon a challenge given to Ernest Hemingway many years ago. Hemingway was asked by his publisher to write a six-word short story. And so he said, I need a week. And he came back with this powerful six-word story. Here's his story. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Now, 
Do you get it? Do you get the whole story? Many literary critics said it was one of his most powerful stories ever written. Because in those six simple words, we find a personal story of pain, of losing a child. And so this book goes through other six-word powerful memoirs from people. And I thought I'd share a few today. Here's one's fascinating. It was written by a nine-year-old girl. Cursed with cancer, blessed with friends. And so many of us can identify with that. Here's another one from a middle-aged woman who wrote, Follow the rules, not dreams, never again. Here's one from a newspaper reporter who jokingly wrote this, Born bald, grew hair, bald again. <laughs> Some of you men can identify with that. Here's another one. Not quite what I was planning. Now, many of us can say that's been our story. How many would say, you know, I never thought I would end up this way. I never thought I would have the health challenges that I had. I wasn't planning that. Or I thought my career would be different than it's become. Or you know, when I started out, I never thought my marriage would fall apart. Not quite what I was planning. Many people here can identify with that. And you know, as I read these six-word memoirs based upon Hemingway, I also thought, you know, the Bible has some powerful six-word memoirs that we can share today. Here are a few. Ruth famously said, my, your God will be my God. Here's another one from Queen Esther. For such a time as this, King David sang, Oh God, you are my God. Isaiah surrendered, God, here I am, send me. Paul boldly declared, For me to live is Christ. And Jesus humbly requested, Do this in remembrance of me. And so that's why we gather here on the first day of the week, we are reminded that on the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, we come today thanking you for your work on the cross, thanking you for your broken body and your shed blood, thanking you for our salvation in Christ. We ask that you'll pour out your Holy Spirit upon us gathered here and upon these gifts of bread and juice. In spiritual way, make them be the body and the blood of Christ that, that we might be your people redeemed by your blood. 
make us one with Christ and one with each other here, one in worship until you call us to feast at the heavenly banquet. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you would like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Gingosburg app or online at gingosburg.org.